0: This is Jim's Take. Welcome to Jim's Take. Happy week. Episode 124. Today we're going to talk about gentle leadership. Um which makes me roll my eyes, right? It's uh, There's always something. There's always some other new buzzword or something that takes over and everyone's got to put a stamp on it. Um, but I want to talk about gentle leadership today. It's all the rage, all the rage in what people are talking about from a, from a leadership perspective, personal development perspective. How are you doing all of these things and getting your people to do what they want? And let's, let's talk so much about feelings and empathy and yada, yada, yada. Um, and I will say this, it's good but it can also be bad. And I'm going to talk about all of it today. So let's go. Um, gentle leadership. I want to talk a little bit about what it is, where it comes from, why it's relevant, why it's not. Um, and then I'll put my nice little perspective on it too, because that's it's what I do. It's what I do. Um, gentle leadership. It's this theory that the way we're leading people is wrong, and we need to embrace kindness, kindness, um, empathy, uh, understanding all of these things, which sounds good. It sounds nice. Um, and it comes from, uh, this gentle parenting idea, which gentle parenting was all the rage about five or six years ago about how do you raise your kids? You don't yell at them. Um, you do it gently. Um, how do you make them feel like they're good with themselves and, and Again, also good, right? I'm a parent. I've got two kids. There is validity to it. I don't want to yell at my kids. Um, but there is an argument against it that this idea of gentle parenting is creating new generations of just entitled children um, unable to really deal with the realities of life because they've just been treated so gently over time and they're not really prepared for what's going on. And so I, I put that lens on it because I think that's an important part to remember when we talk about gentle leadership, right? So let's let's take a step back. If you think about gentle leadership, the first word that comes to my mind or first phrase I guess is this idea of psychological safety, which I am a fan of. Amy Ed- Edmondson did research on. It. she's a Harvard professor. I think she wrote a book on it. The idea of psychological safety is creating an environment at work or at home or anywhere where a person can be comfortable to be themselves so that they are able to execute in the best possible way. We hire people so that they can bring value. And the only way that they can real value bring real value is if they are able to do what they wish to do um, in their best particular way, okay? Um, you have to be comfortable in order to bring the best kind of value that you can bring. Um, it's the same with diversity, it's the same with, um, Anything, right? If, if you want someone to do good things, they have to be able to be authentic to themselves and, and be who they are. That being said, we can't coddle people. Um, and this is where a lot of the misinterpretation comes in. You know, when I talk to clients about psychological safety, a lot of times the leaders will just roll their eyes like that sounds so soft. And so does gentle leadership, it sounds so soft. Uh, and they're not really open to it. But when I explain what psychological safety is, they say, oh, okay, yeah, no, that's what I want. That's, I think, what we have. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're, you know, we want civility. We want um, good communication. We want people to feel comfortable within the walls of this place because we want them to do really, really good things. So in theory, things like psychological safety, um, gentle leadership are good. The idea of gentle leadership, focusing on empathy, focusing on kindness, collaboration. We want you to be comfortable. We want you to be all of these things. That's great in theory. The challenge I have with it and where it falls down is that oftentimes it's misinterpreted. It's wrong uh, because on the receiving end of it, it's been interpreted that people should get whatever the hell they want. Um, And when people are in stress situations, they're looking for ways in which they've been wronged and through this gentle leadership and psychological safety, it's been, there is a conflict between what's actually going to happen in reality, real world doesn't operate by theory, versus the way it's supposed to go. And so gentle leadership, psychological safety can work, provided we have the discipline, standards, expectations to correct when something goes wrong. So gentle leadership is not about having not having standards. Gentle leadership is not about not correcting people. And on the receiving end, being corrected, people can also um, oftentimes feel like they're being wronged or or some kind of way. So there is a big misinterpretation on what gentle leadership, and psychological safety, and all of these types of things are actually going to be. Um, we coddle people because we're uncomfortable having difficult conversations. Um, we don't like to discipline, discipline people. We don't like to tell people that they were wrong because uh, it's easier to blame, just we're too busy to do it, right? There's the old saying, um, I'm sorry, I sent you a long email. I didn't have time to send you a short one, right? We're operating in these modes and we just say, you should just be able to figure this out and you could do it and, and yada, yada, yada. When we think about a younger generation who hasn't learned how to operate, right? They're coming out of business school. They're coming out of college. They have not been taught how the real world works. It doesn't mean that they don't have value and and their perspectives aren't valid, but they still have to learn how to operate within the context of a bigger situation and a bigger system. And that's where our responsibilities as leaders comes down to saying, these are the expectations that I have of you. I think the biggest insult we can have or we can give anybody is to lower our expectations of them. And when we find that we're working with teams, we're working with people, we're trying to develop people, by elevating our expectations of them, people will meet the expectations that you give them. Now, we can do this in a kind way. We can do this in a civil way, right? We need to have manners. Uh, manners are going away. I think everybody knows that. Everybody kind of is frustrated and we take out our stresses on other people. Um, we blame you know, other situations um, and when we think about empathy, which I would argue is wrong in a work context, empathy is not good. It's, it's, um, yes, it's good. It's necessary, right? We have to understand where people are coming from, but we don't have to internalize their feelings. We just have to recognize that they have them. And there are, there's good research on how empathy is actually negative in a work environment because it puts such a spotlight on one small aspect of a bigger picture that when we are able to elevate and say, look, I recognize that this is going to be difficult for you, but I believe in you and your ability to execute at this much higher level, that's a very different approach rather than just saying, oh, I'm empathetic and I feel what you're feeling and all of these types of things. Empathy by itself is not necessarily a good thing. It's not this good um, panacea of amazing kind of production and Um, really, really good. I would disagree with that statement. Empathy is important. We're fellow human beings. We have to recognize that. But we don't have to internalize what everybody else is feeling. It's exhausting. It's an emotionally exhausting exercise to take on empathy on top of everything else that we have to do because we have our own problems. Everybody has their own problems. Now, it we're not sociopaths. We have to recognize um, and be sympathetic and recognize that other people are in different types of situations. We have to understand their perspectives. We have to kind of embrace that. It's slightly different. It's this little nuance that when we talk about gentle leadership, we talk about psychological safety, we talk about empathy, great in theory, but in reality, it's a little too, it's a little too much. and doesn't always land the way that we expect it to land. Um, And so how do we make this real? How do we kind of talk about this gentle leadership thing in a way that is um, meaningful? Civility is an important aspect of gentle leadership. And I think the word civility is one that we don't really use enough. It's about having respect for the people around you to hold them to a higher standard. It's about having respect to other people to develop them in the right kind of way. Um, At the end of last year... I think I talked about this on the podcast. I went up to Massachusetts to go sit at um, Walden Pond. And I went to reflect. You know, I love Walden. I love the kind of thoughts on simplicity and, and all of these things. And one of the things I reflected on um, was what do I care about, right? I'm kind of, you know, I, I talked, I think, in the last episode about cynicism and skepticism and um, And when we become cynics, when we're overwhelmed with all of these challenges that are are happening, whether it's AI, whether it's work, whether it's layoffs, whether it's whatever, um, and we become cynics, how do we identify what we really care about that can anchor us to some particular thing? And the first thing, obviously, I care about are my kids so going back to the gentle leadership thing is, or gentle parenting is, you know, if I care about my kids, well, what does that mean? Of course I care about my kids. What does that mean? What does gentle leadership mean? Um, I care about them to become functioning members of society. I care about them to have opinions. I care about them to be good thinkers. And all of these things. So when I go deeper, I say, all right, well, if I want them to be functioning members of society, how do I treat them? so that they can do it? Do I give them whatever they want? Like if I go out and buy toys for my kids, it's usually about me feeling good. Like, oh, look at me, I'm giving you a toy. But then they're surrounded with all this crap and they don't have a full appreciation on what it takes to get these types of things. And so how do I change my strategy with my kids so that they learn how to work and earn and change their philosophy and understand these types of things? I can do that with kindness. I can do that with, yes, empathy and sympathy and all these types of things. But there is another layer of discipline To say, I'm teaching you something, and the way for you to pick this up is to feel it emotionally yourself. And so how do we, if I care about them becoming functioning members of society, if I care about my team becoming functioning uh, additive members of my workplace, how does that change in just a little bit of nuance? How does that change the way I'm treating them? It's not about coddling them. It's not about saying, oh, okay, well, you'll get it next time. You're doing great. It's okay. Go team, go. No, it's about saying, look, I had this expectation of you and you haven't met it. I had this expectation that you were going to clean your room every day. You're not doing it, right? We reward good behaviors. We challenge negative behaviors so that they can understand what's an acceptable way to behave. Yes, the people in your office could be 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old. I've got 50 year olds. Who have never had these difficult conversations because they've never been held to this higher standards on what is uh, expected of them and how do we hold them accountable to these expectations that's your job as a leader is to articulate expectations and hold people accountable and we are not comfortable having these difficult conversations and the way the easiest way to have a difficult conversation is to properly set up the expectations at the beginning And we could do this through kindness. We could do this through civility. Yes, gentle leadership. Yes, psychological safety. Yes, I want you to do this in your particular way. I want to create a foundation where you can challenge me. And this is a conversation. I'm not dictating to you the way it's supposed to be. But how do we create this foundation to say, I want you to be the best kind of executor, leader, manager, uh, participant in whatever it is that we're doing. And that is an ongoing conversation as a manager, as a leader that you need to have with your people. And we could do this in a civil way. Um, The easiest annual reviews, performance reviews are the ones where there's open dialogue throughout the year where people know if someone's coming into an annual review and they don't know where they stand, that's your fault as a leader. They should know that they're hitting their mark, not hitting their mark, where they need to develop where their expectations, um, aren't being met and where your, your expectations are being met. So gentle leadership to sum it up as I've ranted and, and raved. Um, I hate the term, um, just like psychological safety. I don't like the term. It sounds soft. It sounds weak, but there's value in it. And There's value in it if you fully take the time to understand what it means and if you can internalize it and you can talk to yourself and talk to your teams about what the expectations are for yourself as an individual, but then also the people on your team and and your kids or your community, whatever it is, put any kind of situation on it. How we interact with other people, we will get the response that we put out. Okay, if you give them the respect of high expectations, they will in turn give you the respect of high expectations as well. And there is nothing better. You want to talk about motivation? You want to talk about accomplishment? You want to talk about there's nothing more motivating than setting a high bar and reaching it. And you can help people do that by being supportive and, and do that, but also explaining to them what those expectations are and helping them when they're not meeting it giving them the support they need when they're not meeting it, but they have to do it. I could show you how to build a PowerPoint presentation, but if you're doing it, you're going to learn and it will sustain and it will live beyond whatever conversation it is that you're going to have. And so that's my take on gentle leadership. Um, I hope it's helpful. I think when you think about your leadership style, your leadership approach, right? We've got leadership has three aspects, philosophy, style, and approach. Your philosophy on leadership might be, um, I think everyone should be the best possible person they could be. Great. What does that mean? And how does your style influence someone who's got a completely different style? How does your style influence them to become the best possible person they could be? And how, what is your tactical approach to help them get there? Being soft and being a pushover and coddling people isn't going to do it. The world is a harsh, you know, reality is a harsh Uh, harsh, harsh (laughs) world to be in. Um, but we, we have over time. I mean, I'm, I'm 45 years old, right? My experience over the past 25 years, the difficulties I've faced, the challenges I've overcome can give perspective to help somebody who's going to go through the exact same thing. And so what did you learn? What were the harsh lessons you learned and how do you smooth those edges a little bit, but they're still going to be challenged. And so we should challenge people, um, so that they can learn and so that they can develop and so that they can be the best possible person that they can be. I hope it's helpful. 15 minutes on gentle leadership. I'm happy to talk more. I'm happy to like really get deep on this. I love having these types of conversations. What assumptions are built in to these theories on gentle leadership, right? There's an assumption that you, could, you can let people be whoever it is that they are. Fine, but what does that mean, right? When you peel back those assumptions and say, look, that's not good enough. I'm hiring you to be good enough. What does good enough look like and how do you articulate that? And that's the hard, difficult part of leadership. So have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a wonderful whatever it is. Uh, I'm here to talk. I'm here to chat, reach out, say hello and wishing you much success and I'll talk to you next week. Have a great week.